You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Welcome to episode 105 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today we are talking about how to grow your own popcorn. Now, this is something that you're going to want to learn how to do if you're like me and you feel like popcorn should just be like its own food group. You can't get enough of it. You eat it for a snack multiple times a week or multiple times a month anyway, Uh, Because honestly, in my opinion, opinion of one here, homegrown popcorn tastes so much better than store-bought. It is so fresh. There's no way to know how long that store-bought stuff has been in the bags on the shelf. And because it is so fresh, it has way fewer duds, way fewer unpopped kernels rattling around in the bottom of the bowl. So I'm going to be telling you all about how to grow it. So we're going to be talking about how to plant it, something that it benefits from being interplanted with, what to look for in terms of what's normal for your popcorn plants, because it is a little different in terms of sweet corn. Uh, And then we're going to be talking about, you know, how to harvest it, how to store it, And then if you're unfamiliar with popping popcorn on the stove, I'm going to go over really quick how to pop it, which is my favorite way. I feel like it just tastes delicious and it brings me back to my childhood when my grandma used to do that for me. So we're going to be going over all of that in today's episode. But first, a word from our sponsor. So at first, it might seem like kind of a crazy idea, right? You can go to the grocery store and pick up a whole bag of popcorn kernels off the shelf for like, I don't know, a dollar nineteen or something like that. Or if you want to go even easier, you can buy microwave popcorn that already has like the oils and the flavorings and everything like that already in the bag. But if you're somebody who one likes to avoid eating foods with like artificial flavorings or just kind of foods where you're not really sure like what's in there. Uh, And then two, you kind of just like growing your own foods, different foods, weird foods to get a kick out of it. Like uh, if you tried growing your own peanuts this year or you have in the past, that kind of thing, I think you're going to get a kick out of growing popcorn as well. It's one of the easiest crops I grow. And like I said in the intro, I feel like the popcorn that I get out of my garden, it's its just tastier, and it definitely does produce way fewer unpopped kernels. So it feels like less of a waste. I know it's fresher. I know what went into it, and as much as I eat it, <laughs> to me, that's worth it. And you should especially learn how to grow popcorn if you're a fan of popcorn made on the stovetop. That's the only way that I make my popcorn. It's super, super duper easy. So let's talk about how to grow it by starting out with how to sow it. So popcorn seeds, popcorn seed looks just like like popcorn kernels, like what you would find in the bottom of a popcorn bowl. And I don't know why. It was the same thing with peanuts when I cracked open, you know, a shelled peanut, peanut seed, and I was just like, well, 
these are just peanuts. <laughs> and it, it's still like the same thing. You know, when I first popped open a bag of popcorn seed, I was like, this, this, this is just popcorn. And it's like, well, kind of, yeah, duh. But at the same time, I don't know. It struck me as funny. And I know that popcorn seed, I mean, it seems really hard, right? Like super hard. You could bounce it off the pavement, but you can plant it directly into the ground that way. Super hard, especially if you're, you know, you're about to get a lot of rain. But if you live in a pretty dry area and you're planting past May when temperatures, you know, start to get hot and it's harder to keep the soil consistently damp, you may want to soak your popcorn seed for 24 hours before planting them just to kind of help them get a head start on that germination process. As far as timing, it is really, really important to think about timing if you are also planning to grow or are growing sweet corn in your garden. You want to make sure that you plant sweet corn and popcorn several weeks apart. I, when I plant them both in the same growing season, I shoot for seven to eight weeks apart. So I plant my sweet corn in late April slash early May, and then my popcorn in June or July, depending on, you know, when I can get crops out of the ground and succession plant my popcorn. So why do you have to be so careful about this? Well, if your sweet corn and your popcorn end up growing at the same rate and they produce tassels and silks at the same time, it's possible that the pollen from the tassels of one crop will float over to pollinate the kernels of the other, you know, because they're wind-pollinated. Corn is. It's all corn. Popcorn, sweet corn, doesn't matter. And sweet corn pollinated by popcorn pollen does not taste that great. And the same goes for popcorn pollinated by sweet corn. You're going to have some really funky, weird kernels, and they're not going to store well. They're not going to pop well, if at all. So you really want to make sure that if you are growing sweet corn and popcorn in the same year, that you grow them far enough apart timing-wise so that they're maturing in different rates and they can't pollinate one another. Now let's talk planting process. So I like to start my popcorn sowing process by making a long, shallow furrow in the soil with my hand, like my fingers, or with a trowel. It makes the process, the planting process, go a lot faster because I can just drop the seeds along the furrow rather than digging each individual hole. And it also kind of helps me eyeball spacing. So just like sweet corn, popcorn stalks need about 12 inches of space on all sides to keep from getting too terribly crowded together. You don't have to get your ruler out and like agonize over it though. If some are like an inch or two closer together, you know, they're more like 10 inches apart or something like that because you were trying to fit in just like one more plant into the bed, go for it. Honestly, if anything, it's just going to make pollination a little more efficient because it's a little bit closer together. The only thing you don't want is you don't want them like crammed right up against each other so that like their leaves are, are constantly touching one another and they just don't have enough room to grow. In addition to, you know, planting in furrows, it's really, really important to make sure that you're considering how many rows of popcorn you're planting. So remember, I said that corn is wind pollinated. So it's best to plant popcorn in a block rather than just a few rows. This ensures that pollen has a chance to filter down from like all directions, no matter which 
direction the wind is blowing on a given day, there's a pretty good chance that the corn silks are, are going to get pollinated. So let's say you have room in a bed for 12 ears of corn. Well, rather than just planting two rows of six, it's going to be better if you plant three rows of four or even four rows of three, if you can make that fit into your garden. A block is always, always, always going to have better pollination in terms of corn than rows. I mean, obviously they plant, you know, huge giant corn fields in rows, but that's because it's it's an entire field. It's like a big monster block, right? Honestly, at that point. So that's why they don't have a problem planting corn in rows. And we always think, oh, corn needs to be planted in rows, but if you can plant it in a block, it's going to perform a lot better. Once you're happy with the seed spacing and once you're happy with kind of like your configuration in terms of, you know, a block versus rows, you want to cover each seed with about an inch of nice crumbly soil. So avoid covering popcorn seed with big hard chunks, which that can get kind of prevalent, you know, later in the summer, June or July when you've had maybe some heavy rains and a crust has kind of developed over the top of the soil. You want to make it as easy as possible for the new seedling to emerge. So sometimes when it's been really dry and my soil is too hard for this, it's kind of developed a crust on the top and I'm feeling a little lazy <laughs> and I don't and I don't really want to dig up all those really good fungi that have kind of developed networks under the soil. What I will do is I will kind of make my shallow furrow, I'll drop my popcorn seed in there, and then I will cover each seed with a handful or two of potting soil. It's soft, it's fluffy, it retains more moisture because of the peat moss and the perlite added to it, so it helps keep the soil consistently moist, you know, while that popcorn is germinating. Also, you know, it has absolutely zero negative impact on the soil in your garden bed, especially if you make sure that the potting soil that you're buying is from a reputable company, that it is organic, then there's absolutely no downside to using handfuls of potting soil in, in a garden bed. Eventually it'll all just kind of like get mixed into the gardening soil. One final thing on planting is this little pro tip. I really like to plant my popcorn with black beans. So what I'll do is, you know, I'll go along the row and I will plant my popcorn seed, but then I will plant a black bean on all four sides of my popcorn. So to the left, to the right, in the front, and in the back. And then I'll, I'll cover all of that with soil and I'll water it all in. This really cool thing, this goes back to the three sisters planting um, process that the Native Americans used hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And a lot of their communities, they still use this, is that as the plants grow together, the popcorn stalks start to sort of outpace the beans. They shoot up much faster than the beans do. And that gives the black bean vines something to climb. It doesn't hurt the production of the popcorn stalk at all. In fact, the nitrogen-fixing roots of the black beans, they help get a little extra nitrogen, a little extra food, a little extra fertilizer to the popcorn. So it's really a win-win, honestly. These plants were definitely made for each other. So yes, black beans, if you plant them you know, at the end of June, beginning of July, that is, at least in my zone, in zone 6A, that is enough time for the black beans to also uh, mature to the point where you can pick them and dry them for storage. So it works out really well.
So let's talk about caring for popcorn plants. Again, just like sweet corn, popcorn needs a lot of water. So make sure it's getting at least an inch of water per week. And again, I, I feel like sometimes I'm, I just am beating a dead horse with a lot of the things that I say on here, but get a rain gauge if you're not sure what you're getting naturally from the rain in terms of inches of water per week. The one that I link in the sister post, which you can find the link to in the show notes, as always, I think this rain gauge, it's the one I have right now, and it it's like something like $3.54. It's, it's seriously worth it. And I've said this before, it's plastic. I, you know, I love to buy non-plastic things when I can, but a glass rain gauge in a garden is just an invitation for a bunch of shattered glass in your garden bed. I have, I have done it. So I definitely recommend plastic when it comes to rain gauges. If the plants are still pretty young and they have yet to really take off when it starts to get really hot and dry out, sometimes two inches of water per week might be needed. Uh, And you'll know if they seem like they're kind of stubby and they're not really doing a whole lot. If you try watering them a little more and and they shoot up all of a sudden, that was definitely the problem. And you want to go ahead and kind of keep watering them a little bit more than an inch per week. When stalks are about five, I would say between five and six feet tall, they'll start to produce tassels, which if you listened to the episode on growing sweet corn or you listen to the more recent episode of hand pollination, you'll know that that is the male part of the plant that supplies pollen. And then the silks, which is the female part of the plant, that produces the kernels, will develop, I would say, a few days to a week later. So like I said in that recent episode about hand pollination, if your popcorn is planted in an area where it doesn't get much wind exposure or you weren't able to plant more than two rows, say, like your garden, the space in your garden just didn't allow for you to plant a block, you might want to go back and listen to that episode about hand pollination and hand pollinate your corn to help increase the kernel production. Now, this is something that's important to know because when I first grew popcorn, it scared the crap out of me and I thought my popcorn was dying. My plants were dying. Once the pollination window is closed and the tassels start drying out and dropping off, something scary will start to happen. The plants will begin to brown and like dry out and die from the bottom up. I've never seen another plant do this, and that's why it was so scary to me, and that's why I thought they were dying. This is very different from how sweet corn grows. So I panicked, but it's exactly what the plant is supposed to be doing. When sweet corn stalks turn brown, you know, it's because they're not getting enough water, it's too hot out, and it's starting to die. But when popcorn stalks turn brown, it's a sign that the ears are developed and they're ready to start drying out. That's all the plant's doing. It's programmed to start drying out once the ears have formed. So that's what it does. So you don't need to panic. Popcorn should be left to dry on the stalks as long as possible. And they're not ready to harvest until you can peel the husk back, you know, those papery leaves on the outside of the corn cob, and kind of press really hard with your thumb or an index fingernail Uh, and the kernel won't dent or it'll barely dent when pressed really firmly with a thumbnail or fingernail. So leave them up until they get to that point. 
They're ready to be cut down once they get to that point, and, and you can bring them inside for further drying, which I'll talk about here in a sec. If birds and squirrels have found your popcorn, though, you may need to bring them in a little bit earlier. So maybe you tested the kernels and they're kind of firm, but you know what? They're, you're able to puncture them with a fingernail, but the birds and squirrels are having at them. Leave them on the stalk, leave the ears on the stalk, and cut the stalks down. And then store the stalks indoors away from pests. So this extra little bit of time on the stalk gives the ears, you know, just a day or two more to develop. It's not much, but it's better than nothing. So drying popcorn. You might think, kind of like sweet corn, as soon as you take it off the cob, you have to eat it, right? Or the sugars will start to turn into starches, and it's less and less pleasant to eat. But popcorn is different, actually. Once you have taken the popcorn off the stalk, it needs to be shucked. And you need to do this for two different reasons. So we take you know, the husks off the popcorn stalk to, one, remove any pests that may be inside the husks. So there's, there's corn earworms, there's various beetles that like to feed on corn, you know, just all sorts of little things that can be in there, aphids, all that stuff. So removing the husks removes pests. And if they have been eating at the corn kernels, keeps them, you know, you find them, you brush them off, you squish them, then they can't do any more damage to your popcorn kernels. Two, removing the husks keeps moisture from building up between the leaves and causing the popcorn kernels to rot. So at this point, after we've harvested it, we really want these popcorn kernels to dry out. And just taking the husks off is going to allow you to do that. Once you've removed the husks and as much of the silks as possible, which I will say removing silks from popcorn is a huge pain in the butt. I like to get like a little dry brush, like a fingernail brush, and kind of kind of brush the outsides of the popcorn cobs with that. That really kind of helps remove a lot of the silks. Don't go nuts, you know, because if you brush too hard, you'll start to brush the kernels off of, of the corn cob. So just kind of gently to medium pressure, take that brush and kind of brush it all up and down, and that'll help you remove the silks. Once you've removed everything, you want to keep the popcorn cob somewhere dry where there's lots and lots of good air circulation. I put my popcorn cobs in a mesh produce sack, so like one of those cotton mesh reusable produce sacks, and I hang them up in my basement where my dehumidifier runs during the summer and keeps things nice and dry. So it's a little cooler probably than most people would say. A lot of times you'll see that most things when you're drying them out should be kept in like a warm, dry environment. I don't, I don't really have some place like that in my house, so a cool, dry environment is, is as good as I can do, and honestly, I've noticed that it, it dries out just fine. Really, what you want to about, worry about more than anything is moisture. Now we get to the fun part, test popping. So popcorn kernels actually need a little bit of moisture in them. It's that moisture that produces the steam pressure when heated and makes the kernel pop and explode open. So kernels should be dried down until their moisture content is between 13 and 14 and a half percent. Now, obviously, 
You have no way of knowing this by looking at it. You have no way of knowing the exact moisture content of your popcorn kernels unless you buy a special piece of equipment. Like farmers have this when they're growing things like rapeseed for canola oil or they're growing barley or something like that. They have like a special little thing that they fill with kernels or seed and it will rate, you know, the moisture level. You don't have that. You don't need it though because... You can tell whether they're ready for storage by test popping a few kernels on the stove, and it's really fun. So what you'll want to do is just pick any of your popcorn cobs. You can do a couple, three of them, but I usually do just one because when one is ready, they all seem to be ready. I take about 10 kernels from the cob after it's dried for that additional two to four weeks after harvest. I add just a little bit of oil to a pot, and we're just talking like a small drizzle, right? Because it's like 10 kernels of popcorn. And then you toss the kernels into the pot and cover with a lid. Turn the heat on high and wait for the kernels to pop. So one of two things will happen. One, the kernels will pop, but they're kind of small and they're chewy and they're not very fun to eat. And that means that your popcorn needs to dry longer. It means it's not ready to take off the cob and store yet. The second thing that might happen is they pop up nice and big. They're fluffy, they're light, they're crunchy, just like popcorn should be. And this means that your popcorn is ready to take off of the corn cob and it's ready for storage. If your popcorn isn't ready for storage yet, just leave it on the cobs for another two weeks and test again. Keep testing until you get to, you know, result number two where the popcorn kernels pop up nice and big and fluffy. It honestly should not take that much longer after, you know, your first testing. When your popcorn is ready for storage, remove the kernels from the cobs, and this is easier than you think it might be, and try to pick out any large amounts of remaining silks or other plant matter because, you know, that's going to end up in your popcorn. It's not the end of the world if you end up with, like, singed silks in your popcorn. I have some in there all the time. They taste honestly like popcorn. They don't taste bad. It just looks kind of funky, so I try to filter out as much as I can by hand. Store the kernels in a clean, airtight container. I prefer a wide mouth canning jar because I have a tendency to like reach my hand in there or reach a third cup measuring cup in there and scoop them out and dump them in the popcorn popping pot. But you know what? Whatever you got you do you. You could use, you know, a plastic bag, whatever you have on hand. It just needs to be clean and airtight. That's the key. Properly dried and stored popcorn kernels should pop up well for about a year after harvest with very, very few duds. But after a year, they will begin to get too dry. And that lack of moisture inside the kernel means it won't create enough steam pressure to pop the kernel open. That's why with store-bought popcorn, you sometimes get so many unpopped kernels. It's been sitting around for more than a year. Do you have to throw out your homegrown popcorn after a year, though? Absolutely not. Just know that its performance is going to kind of start to decline, and you'll have more unpopped kernels rattling around the bottom of your popcorn bowl over time. So all of that said, like that's how to grow it, how to harvest it. I have a few more tips. One, how much to plant. If you're wondering how much popcorn you need to plant, I get about two quart size jars of popcorn kernels from 28 corn stalks. So four rows of seven stalks. 
I make popcorn, like I said, it depends on the season. I make it more often in the wintertime. I would say it's more of a wintertime snack for me. I say I make it probably three or four times a month. And two quart-sized jars lasts me almost a year, pretty close to a year. If you eat a lot more popcorn than that and you have the space in your garden, you're obviously going to want to plant more popcorn plants than, than 28. Each corn stalk will give you two to three ears of popcorn. And finally, how to cook it. This is really, I mean, it's really simple, you guys. It's just honestly like that, like that test process that I was just talking about it. But if you're, you know, if you're new to making popcorn on the stove, if you've never had it that way, I definitely encourage you to try it. Uh, and this is how you do it. So you get a big pot that has a lid. You need a lid. Uh, and a few tablespoons of neutral tasting cooking oil that has a high smoke point. I really prefer canola oil. You can use olive oil to pop your popcorn in. It just doesn't have as high of a smoke point as canola oil. And so sometimes uh, the oil will develop kind of like this, a little bit of a bitter taste by the time the popcorn has popped. So add like a couple of tablespoons, three tablespoons of canola oil, and then add about a third a cup of popcorn kernels and, and cover the pot with a lid and turn the heat up to high. A third of a cup is going to give you like a pretty decent sized bowl of popcorn. If you're like sharing with the whole family or if popcorn is your dinner, no judgment, popcorn and wine or popcorn and beer has been my dinner multiple times in my life. You might want to do more like two thirds of a cup of popcorn. It's always like you can always kind of test it out and see each time. After you've turned the heat up to high, you know, you and you put the lid on. While you're waiting for the kernels to start popping, get a little bowl and melt a couple tablespoons of butter, real butter, and just a tiny little bit of olive oil so that the butter doesn't burn in a small bowl in the microwave. I find that like 30 to 45 seconds is usually enough to melt a couple tablespoons of butter with some olive oil without it like boiling over and making a giant mess in the microwave. Once the kernels start popping, give the pot a shake every few seconds. Maybe wear oven mitts because that can get really hot. Give it a shake every few seconds to keep popped kernels from staying on direct heat too long and burning. So it's that shaking that kind of keeps everything moving around, keeps things from staying on the heat and getting all that, that horrible, acrid, bitter, like burnt popcorn smell, which is terrible and takes forever to get out of your house. When the popcorn popping sounds start to slow down to like a second or two between pops, turn off the stove and remove the pot from the heat immediately. Put on an oven mitt, if you haven't already, and remove the lid very carefully. A lot of steam has built up in there and steam can burn. So please be safe. Put on an oven mitt. A few kernels might pop up after you remove the lid and like kind of go everywhere, but that's honestly just part of the fun. You'll find them later when you're sweeping the floor or vacuuming. Right after you remove the lid, pour on the melted butter and oil. Don't worry, because at this point, the popcorn is so hot that the butter is not going to soak in and make it soggy. It'll kind of just like slide right off, but you need to work fast. After you poured the butter on, put the lid back on the pot and shake the living daylights out of it. This will kind of help distribute all the butter and the oil all over all the kernels without it soaking too much into any one kernel and making things soggy. 
remove the lid again, pour the popcorn into a big bowl, sprinkle with salt, or if you like to do seasoned salt, or I like to do fresh cracked black pepper on my popcorn sometimes, get a little fancy with some Parmesan or some olive oil spray, whatever other seasonings you want and enjoy. If you don't want to cook your popcorn on the stove, I have a link to a little silicone gadget that my mother-in-law gave me for, I think it was Christmas this past year, that will pop your popcorn in the microwave for you. So you add your kernels, you add a little bit of oil, you put it in the microwave. But I would say don't put more than a few tablespoons of kernels in because you'll burn it trying to get all of it to pop. This little thing definitely does not make like giant Shauna size bowls of popcorn. It makes sort of like snack size bowls of popcorn. So uh, it works really, really well if that's what you're wanting it for. But if you like to pop and eat a lot of popcorn at a time like I do, making it on the stove is, is probably going to be your best bet. So that is how to grow popcorn, how to sow it, how to grow it, how to harvest it, how to store it, and how to cook it. All of that. I'm excited for you to try it. I hope you do try it if you've never grown popcorn before. So much fun, so very tasty, and definitely worth the space in your garden. In the next episode, I'm going to be talking about when to and what to plant in a fall garden. So yes, even though it is hot as blazes outside, we need to start thinking about fall plantings. Some of them, honestly, we need to have started already. So that is in next week's episode. We're going to cover all of that. Uh, if you don't have time for some of these plants, some of the longer growing plants, I'm definitely going to have a lot of suggestions for things that don't need as long of a season that you can you know, plant then or even a few weeks after then and still have something to harvest in the fall if you're interested in doing that. But until then, thank you so very much for listening and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.